Good morning and welcome to a, uh, another episode of the RecEx podcast. Um, as we continue speaking to a number of our fellow co-authors for the new Customer Experience 2 book, um, I am very um, pleased to welcome uh, Serta, um, who is based in Finland. Um, so Serta, over to you if you'd like to give, you, give yourself a, a quick introduction. Yes, good morning and thank you for inviting me over. Um, so I'm based in Helsinki, Finland. Uh, I have my own customer experience agency, been running it for 10 years now. And before that, I was working for, for big um, consultancy co companies such as Accenture and, and uh, others, others in, here in the Nordic region. Nice, nice. So you've been doing it for a long time. Um, and um, for me, customer experience is quite a modern, um, not necessarily technology, but concept uh, for me personally. Um, but I know that in the UK, it's maybe not appreciated, uh, perhaps, as, as much as other countries around the world. Um, what is Finland's take on, on customer experience? Because for you to be doing it for 10 years, have you got a customer base predominantly in Finland? Or, what, you know, talk to us a little bit, uh, talk, talk to us a little bit about that. Right. Uh, thanks for asking that question. Uh, actually, uh, we're doing this uh, state of customer experience management uh, study that we run every year and this is already the eighth year that we're doing it and uh, the, the figures or numbers really certainly look better every year mm. uh, it looks like uh, almost 97 percent 98 percent of the participants uh, say that they are really looking into customer experience as a differentiator yeah. but then uh, <laughs> if you look at the the other uh, responses that uh, uh, how much are they putting uh, efforts like CX activities uh, ongoing is, is like 88%. Then uh, if you go down to uh, how many uh, participants or, or organizations are doing actual uh, budgeting for it, it's like 50% and CX strategy is less than half that have an actual uh, CX strategy. So it's, it's still, I think that it's something that everybody thinks that we must have, we must be talking how important customer experience is for us. But then at the actual uh, practical level, uh, they're not doing yet quite as much as they could. Yeah, I get it. Okay. And, and why is it, um, in, in terms of the, the focus on, on customer experience, how is this uh, fitting into um, the countries? Is it something that's uh, appreciated through all aspects of life or is it just a business focus uh, from, from your experience? I would say that uh, it doesn't really uh, matter what industry you're in, uh, that uh, companies are really looking more and more into doing uh, better customer experiences. So certainly there is a trend going upwards the, the whole time, even if I'm saying that, that there, are, there is a disparity between the, the actual figures of, of what's mm. being done. Yeah. And I think that that's something that everybody's like, it's a buzzword may, more, more or less yeah. at the moment that everybody's talking about customer experience, about employee experiences, about how you're basically doing better people experiences and performance. Yeah. Okay. And talk to me about your journey into how you, you, you came into it because a lot of the people I've spoken to have fallen into it. It's a bit like recruitment. You fall into it. You don't really go, <laughs> I'm going to do that. Um, so, you know, how, how, how did that journey start? Right. Well, certainly when I did start my journey uh, towards customer experience uh, design and, and all of that, uh, it wasn't something that was known of at the, at, 
at that point. So my career started really in journalism. So I used to work first for the Finnish uh, broadcasting company for uh, Ministry of Education, uh, Culture and Science, uh, doing mm-hmm. press press related uh, work. But all of that led because it, it's always been that I have been thinking about the, the audiences that are out there. So basically the customers who are readers or who are listeners uh, to the radio or broadcasters so so on. Um, I got then later on uh, headhunted uh, to Accenture. It used to be Anderson Consulting at that moment and uh, started uh, their uh, digital media uh, department. And then later on, uh, my career went more and more into consultancy and as I said, I, I worked for several of these big, big uh, companies, uh, such as Fjord, which is nowadays Accenture Interactive, I think, or whatever their name is, <laughs> is mm. nowadays. Yeah. Uh, but uh, then in 2010, uh, I, went, I met with some other people who were uh, interested in customer experience uh, as, a, as an actual profession. And that's how uh, CXPA got into being. Uh, so I was one of the founding members for for, CX, for the CXPA. Oh, nice. So all of all, all in all, I would say that I've been doing uh, digital uh, customer experience related uh, work uh, over 25 years. And then it has gradually uh, moved on more and more into the live meetings face to face. And then now we're going back to the digital because everybody's distancing themselves <laughs> from each other. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Very indifferent times, very heavy video um, in, 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 indeed. Um, and from your business then, um, how did you launch it? Did you have a particular focus on, on how you were going to deliver CX? Um, you know, what, was your sort of, what was your mindset before you decided to, to, to go and, and set it up? Well, as you can imagine, uh, back in the day, uh, it wasn't every single company and every in every industry that was interested in customer experiences. Um, and I would say that I was firstly focusing on, on three three areas. Uh, so firstly, uh, retail-related uh, companies uh, where my clients then uh, media, gaming companies, and, and thirdly, uh, hospitality, hospitality sector. And then gradually it has moved uh, from there more and more into being, you know, any any industry that is, yeah. is asking for our services. Okay. So and nowadays we're doing we're doing health services as well. Yeah. Do you do you have a focus in terms of your the the, the areas you you focus on? Have you got a predominant cu- uh, customer base? Uh, well, most of our customers are in Finland, but they are uh, they may be headquartered in Finland, but they have international uh, daughter companies in in other countries. Mm-hmm. like ten, tens of other countries most of the time, or then they are affiliates uh, of, of uh, bigger companies uh, that are based uh, abroad that then are doing uh, work also in Finland. Uh, we were in the midst of starting a office in, in Singapore as well before all, this, all, all of this pandemic happened. So wow. that's a bit put a little bit on hold right now, but we had really good clients from there biggest banks and from Singapore and, and such so yeah so Serta I've got a question with regards to Lego um, so Lego is quite a personal uh, favorite of mine um, and please uh, if you could just explain how your business is utilizing Lego because um, for me it sounds like it's a bit of a differentiator 
It's certainly it's, everything's awesome as I, uh, as I think that Legos are uh, really the key to opening people's minds. Uh, it's a creative methodology uh, like like an, no, no other, I would say. Uh, I've never been myself an, an AFOL, an adult uh, fan of Lego, so it's just something that I um, happened to randomly stumble by when I was looking for creative methodologies because I really wanted to boost uh, what we were doing by having people more, getting people more involved in, in what they were uh, designing. And that's how I came to Lego Serious Play, really. And, and Lego Serious Play, is that, that's a concept, isn't it, off, off Lego? Uh, that is a concept that they have originally created by, uh, for themselves. Uh, they, it was uh, the, like the mid-1990s when they had to reinvent themselves. Uh, they were on the brink of bankruptcy or something. And uh, they just uh, uh, hired two academic professors to create this uh, methodology for themselves. Mm -hmm. And okay. that's where it all started from. So to just talk to us about how, can you give an example of, of, of how you're doing that? Are you in a position to do that? Of course. Um, so Lego Series Play it can be used for all kinds of uh, strategy-related work, team uh, identity-related work, uh, and culture building culture, basically. That's like the high-level ideas of what you can do with it. Uh, you, can, you could also always go all the way to, to doing prototyping with it. I've actually had some of my clients do that as well. Yeah. Uh, so, so it's very versatile and, and gives you, it's, the idea is that it gives you like a, a new language really to, to express yourself in. Yeah. And, and it, it really gives your brain a hand as the slogan goes, that uh, you are able to, to talk about things that are maybe uh, deeper in your thoughts and, and in a very, very uh, different fashion. So it helps how you. have people perhaps used, uh, used Lego to come up with a, an idea? So will you give them something like physical in terms of like blocks and they build something out or how, how are they, how, how hands-on are we talking about? Uh, it is totally hands-on. The idea is that uh, how, it, how a Lego series play workshop works uh, out is that, um, well, we first, first of all, we need to have a skills building part in to begin with because it's not a Lego series play session if we, if we don't have that. So we are really, explaining the language, how it works, all the metaphors and storytelling and, and like crea creating uh, models and, and all of that. And the idea is that uh, after that, uh, the facilitator, uh, such as myself, takes all the takes different challenges to the group and, and everybody individually uh, uh, creates their own models as a response to those challenges that have been given. And then around the table, every, tables, uh, everybody then explains their own models to everybody else around the table. And everybody, everybody is to listen um, very carefully and, and, and ask questions. And, and that's how the discussion goes on. Uh, and the next phase is to create a common model out of those uh, ideas that everybody has put forward with their own models. So uh, the next phase is to actually create, create with those models uh, a bigger model that then explains everybody's views. So there are no right or wrong responses. There's just, you know, Lego models of what everybody thinks. So one thing that we also do is, is called Lego Serious Play Online. And that's where you have the expert or the facilitator uh, to give the challenges online via virtual meeting. So using Zoom or some other tool and, and, and everybody building their actual uh, Lego Serious models uh, uh, within their own homes or home offices and then yeah. explaining them over uh, the, the Zoom call. 
And then we also do something called the, the magical hands where we are doing the common bill because that's something that even us, uh, let's say old experts were thinking that it's, it's impossible to do LSP over, over the internet, but it's not. There is a way to actually, you know, have, have the conversations about these models and, and, and really uh, use your uh, facilitator skills to, to get people to uh, explain everything online. And then uh, you would be the magic hand that uh, uh, builds everybody's models again and, and makes the, the common model, model out of it. This is my model for my chapter in my book, actually. So it tells about uh, the development of people uh, from the, where they had their skeletons in the, in the closet saying that, no, 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 I can't do, I can't do, I can't really do any of this stuff that I'm not creative at all, you know, and then they gradually uh, take up their uh, skills and move forward towards uh, being really in the, in the know and, and creative and, and trying to, you know, <laughs> Get get creative. They all all of their pour their hearts out to create better customer experiences and employee experiences. Amazing. I've taken a, a screenshot of that um, just so people can actually see uh, what that what that model looks like. Uh, so just just on that link, um, is that for anyone or or, or who, who who could sign up to that that link? And uh, one thing that uh, we do uh, do these open sessions as well uh, every now and then. Uh, last year we last year we did it uh, with Slush, which is the biggest um, startup um, uh, conference in 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 the whole of the world, and not just the Nordics or or Finland. Uh, we had over five hundred people who no eight hundred people who wanted to join in. Unfortunately, it was a it was a live event, uh, you know, face to face event, so we could only have uh, about ninety or one hundred pe people join in on that mom on that thing. But these open sessions, the only I think uh, thing that limits is that do you have your Legos at home or or don't you? <laughs> so when yeah. we do we do them uh, with our clients, we we just ship Legos to them and 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 then we can carry on. Really good, really good. So, for example, if I wanted to um, say um, I had a client that wanted to build a culture um, that maybe wanted to reevaluate the culture internally, they might want to get a few of their employees involved. Um, what, what, perhaps, what questions could I give to them or ask them, or challenges could I potentially ask them in order to get them thinking really about how to build a culture or think about their values? Actually, we've done that workshop already. <laughs> so. Okay. It, of course, it depends on, on what the goals are for, for the customer in, in okay. case. So it might be something different. But, but for instance, in this case, uh, we were doing a workshop for a big uh, media company and they had uh, two uh, business units that were put merged together and okay. they had, had total, two totally different cultures within those uh, units. Yeah. What they did was that they uh, decided to, to have this workshop with us with Legos and uh, we just asked them to talk about the things that they thought were good in, in the culture, like from before and from their past uh, jobs in, in different companies or if they had been somewhere working somewhere else before. And then trying to build together the kind of uh, simple guiding principles of what they wanted to mm. achieve together. <clears throat> and, and also they, they were, we had, well, we were also deviating on, on different things like their customers. What do they want to do with their customers? What mm -hmm. do they want to achieve? And, and, and putting like uh, common um, 
common ideas on that onto yeah. the board. I can imagine that some people's Lego building skills is pretty weak um, in comparison to, to, that's to others. That's like saying you can't draw because that's like <laughs> everybody knows how to build. I mean, what's, what's been the best, the best uh, quick build you've seen from someone doing this exercise? Oh my God, what a question. <laughs> I, the, the builds that I like, I don't, I don't know if they're quick builds, but uh, the, the ones that I like are, um, you can do also like um, mechanical things that are somehow, you know, you can like turn them and then they to do something uh, or uh, to put it in a simple fashion, you could have something like a, like a card that is driving and then it's, it's like telling a story by doing that. So okay. your, model doesn't, your model can be dynamic. It doesn't have to be, you know, uh, static. And, and then this, this is what I meant by this. And, you know, just, just uh, as it is, you can transform it while you're explaining your whole story around the model. So mm. whenever I see people doing that, then I know that they really put their heart into it. I, did, I didn't realize, um, and I'll get off Lego in a moment, but I could talk about it all day. But um, until I saw the first Lego movie with my son, um, I didn't realize how structured I was with Lego. So what I mean by that is, here's the manual, mm -hmm. you build. And actually, it really did teach me a lot. And, you know, 30, what was it, 32 years at the, at the time, for me to really understand that concept, that actually creative play, imaginative play uh, with Lego is far more fun when you you know, when you do it yourself, yeah. And, and actually, exactly. luckily, my boy is, is very much of that ilk as opposed to following instructions. Mm. Um, and I think actually that's the concept of what you're talking about here. That's actually exactly what I'm talking about when I, when I'm in, when I wrote in my chapter in the book is, mm. is about how uh, as kids we have that, that this inbuilt creativity inside of us and that's yeah. somehow drained from us by schooling and by, by having all this structure, structured life. Uh, and then with the Lego series play and, and well, you know, doing any free builds, basically, uh, you get some of that creativity back if you just, you know, put your, yourself in, into it. Yeah. And, and I, I, I don't like when people say that, I, you know, I can't draw, I can't uh, build Legos, because that's, that's nonsense, that's total nonsense. Everybody knows how to do that. Even people who have never uh, seen Legos in their life, I've had those people in Asia, for instance, and they were totally fine with, you know, building, building things brick, with bricks. Yeah. So before Lego, you took Lego out of the equation. What, was that part of your personality, part, part of your creative mind before uh, you took Lego out of the concept? Is, is, is that how you were as a creative person, would you say? Yes, I, I must say that I must have been more of an innovator all my life. So coming up with all kinds of ideas that were maybe a little bit far out there at some points and that I, that I keep seeing that like all these startups are doing now that I was thinking like way back, but then it mm. wasn't something that people would have gotten any interest in at that yeah. point. So yeah. that's something that I've always liked a lot uh, doing like innovative stuff and, and creating and, and mm. imagining things basically. Great. It's great. Cause I think Lego is just the enabler, right? It, mm -hmm. Until you have the concept or you have the ideas, or as you said, the innovation, Exactly. Sometimes you just need to bring something together in order to, to make that happen. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, so you did touch on your chapter um, and, you know, this is why we're, we're obviously recording here today. What 
if you could, do you want to give us a, a bit of an idea as to why you chose that, that, that chapter and, and, and what it's about? My chapter is, is really about how you should uh, bring more creativity into work life in general, not just Lego, Lego serious play, but I don't know. Uh, I don't mean by that, that you should go the way like, like the Googles and, and all of those big giants are doing that you have, I don't know, slides and, and a very creative uh, work environment. It doesn't have to be, go all that way. So it doesn't need to be something that is very expensive. Hmm. But the idea there is that please throw away those, you know, post-its and, and your old ways of, of thinking about things and try to open your mind and be more creative. Because that there's so many um, like scientific uh, studies about how when when you do work more uh, creatively and, and try to freestyle a little bit, you, your your performance is so much better. Yeah, I and also that. your you know team team uh, spirit gets gets much much better based on that. By yeah. the way, I must say that Lego Series Play is not a, a team building tool. Because that's uh, uh, something that people very often think that, hey, let's just, you know, take, up the, take out the Legos and, and start building with the bricks. That's not what Lego serious play is about. It's a, it's a very strict methodology, actually. And you have to take a four-day, five-day course to be a facilitator of the methodology and materials. And okay. of myself, I've done that. And then maybe, I don't know, three or four uh, advanced courses that have taken one or two days more. To, to, to come up with more more of that. Really, really good, really good. And out of curiosity, do you play with Lego in your spare time? <laughs> yes, actually I do. I, my, my daughter had her birthday just the other day this week <laughs> and she had been asking to get this uh, robot. So of course I bought her a Lego robot. So we've been building that with her. And that's been quite quite nice because it also it, it's not just about the Lego uh, building with with that, but also you you she learns coding by doing it, and she's totally like wild about it. How she can you know make the robot do moves and and do whatever she likes. Yeah, we've got a discovery center in Birmingham. Uh, mm -hmm. In Birmingham, you know, it's obviously a smaller yep. Lego land. Um, and uh, yeah, I you know my boy has been going. He's been about four times now, and and absolutely loves it. Um, and they do those workshops with, with the robots where you've got the tablet and you, you obviously yep. do the programs. Um, so we've been, you know, obviously being a tech, a tech recruitment business, you know, we are massively um, keen to, to empower our future generation to start really embracing and learning technology. That, yep. That's fun, right? And I think technology has the wrong, I think um, the wrong messages come out of it is that people think that it's boring or it's geeky and, and all this mm. but actually you know these people are consumers of tech um they just don't understand how fun it is um and you've exactly. got to really storytell as to why it's fun and lego is evolving into, into i think they're they are really uh pushing the the envelope there that they are trying to uh actually teach these kids that that technology is not something that needs to be you know uh, thought of with with a long stick, <laughs> but yeah. but it's rather something that can really be fun. Absolutely, absolutely. So I've got a, a question that's about employability, as we as, as I've touched on 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 the recruitment piece. Um, in your opinion, how how much are your clients embracing sort of their own employee engagement using customer experience? 
in terms of your, you know, are they talking, when I, when I say customer experience, people sometimes think about the, the end user, yeah, mm -hmm. the, or the service or the product, but how much are your clients or how much do you get your clients thinking about their employees first, as opposed to going straight out to the, um, to the external customer? I think that um, in Finland, at least, uh, these couple of years, like two or three last latest years, uh, people have been talking more and more about how employee experience is really the the uh, the backbone of customer experiences. That you you really don't can't have any good customer experiences if your employee experiences are bad because they're just not willing or motivated to give their best effort. So there's more and more companies that are putting a lot of thought in how their employee experiences are mm -hmm. faring and, and how, and we have this, uh, we have lots of companies who are uh, part of this great, what is it called again, great, greatest places to work and, and they're faring very well in, in those competitions. So mm -hmm. the idea there being that we really want to be working for this company. Yeah. And why do you think, why do you think businesses are starting to think about that more now? I think it's one thing is like employee branding thing in, in the sense that it's more and more difficult to get really good employees uh, because and, and certainly very difficult to keep uh, because more and more like I think younger people who enter uh, the business life they think that they know they know it all already and they want to just you know breeze for, go go and go from one company to the other one and they don't stay anymore so you really have to work on keeping these people working for you because it's always if you need to recruit a new one it's then uh, quite a hassle to to get them on board and and really work yeah like 100 percent give their 100 percent effort yeah absolutely what what i know you touched on it but why do you think um we're getting a generation of young people coming out maybe at university or school um, with that potential mindset that they know everything in inverted commas. <laughs> I don't know why I, I would have to go deep into, I don't know, psychology to, to know yeah. that reason. But I think that it's just the way how culture works nowadays that it's always like, give everything to me right now, right here. Mm. You know, I don't want to wait. So therefore, I think that that's somehow reflecting also on, on people when they work at the work, workplaces. We don't have like any more like this, that I'm, this is who I'm at home and this is who I am at, uh, at, uh, at my office. Um, and that's how, that's why people need to have these leaders who are giving them the, the good, let's say, example of how they should be behaving in, in work life. Mm. I mean, these young people. Do you think technology has got a big part to play in that in terms of things like Uber, um, you know, um, Uber Eats and Just Eat Deliveroo, all of these different things? I would rather say that it's uh, more about this uh, instant experience and fulfillment and, and how, if you think about kids, how they're nowadays, they're playing all the time. So they get, mm. they get a constant uh, influx of, you know, this, I don't know, experiences and, and things that are changing in front of their eyes so nothing else probably feels like anything anymore when you're you're uh, constantly being bombarded by these digital technologies yeah yeah it's, it's an interesting thing because i think you know there's a lot of blame on 
millennials um, on, you know, instant, you know, wanting instant results, you know, want, not wanting to work for something, shall we say, um, no patience. But maybe, you know, we have a duty to maybe understand that more and, and, and actually understand why, why that is um, in order to nurture it. Because I think the blame culture is very easy for us to then go, well, it's them, but it's not mm. us. You know what mm. I mean? But actually, yeah. maybe we should take more of a responsibility to understand why that is. Um, exactly. I, I think that's the core of employee experience is to really understand that how could you maybe transform your own uh, doings uh, that would then <clears throat> more be to the liking of, of these uh, people. And I'm, I'm not saying that everybody's like that. I've had the chance, the good fortune of, of having lots of uh, young people work for me who were like absolute like uh, dream, dream work, uh, employees, uh, but they really had a great attitude and, and want, want to to grow and learn and you know put their their own mind into it so it's it's not like a black and white thing yeah. do you get many of your clients already thinking about that acknowledging that they want to do more to understand young people i would say that everybody has to has to to do to be thinking about that and, and it's not something that's come up like this year or because of the pandemic or anything like that i think it's been boiling down, boiling there for over 10 years already. Mm. Yeah, it's fascinating. It's fascinating. It's something that I'm really passionate about myself in terms of really understanding young people, because if we're going to empower more young people to, so that what we do is, is obviously a part is of our community aspect is to really understand how we can bridge the digital skills gap by empowering uh, and inspiring uh, young people to seek careers in tech, for example. Um, and uh, you know, I think a big part of that is to, to really understand how you do that because not every young person is going to react in the same way mm. um, and similarly the way maybe I think that they I, I'm looking to inspire them or give them a platform to want to succeed is maybe not the, the way that they would understand that um, so mm. I think we you know it's a difficult it's a difficult skill um, but maybe I need to do more listening as opposed to um, just guessing or assuming that what I'm saying or is, is what they want to hear. True, true. But I think it's, it's partly uh, giving enough responsibility and then partly being a good leader who, who shows not, not, not by like saying every single uh, item how to do it, but rather say that, say, giving them the possibility to, to do by themselves as well. Mm -hmm. I think you've got me, you've got me really thinking uh, sort of about Lego um, in, in this light, because I think maybe, you know, Lego is for all ages. I, I honestly believe that. Um, and even if you think you're too old for Lego, um, that's absolute nonsense. Um, mm. I think, you know, you could really, similar how, to, how you've incorporated it in your business. Um, I think perhaps this is something for a task where perhaps we could incorporate serious play with young people. Mm -hmm. right. how, how can we do that to get them talking it's yeah i think it's it's a it's a good tool to uh, get them talking anybody i mean it doesn't have to be uh young people to per se but no. people who are more introverted and who don't give so much out of themselves i it's not one or two times where i've had a client uh, tell me after the uh workshop that i've never heard that person speak out loud before 
and I didn't know that he or she was that clever, you know, and, and they, we're really giving them a, a new language where they can express themselves and where they don't feel, because everybody's uh, equal when you're doing a Lego serious play session. So everybody yeah. gets their word, uh, word in there. And, mm -hmm. and I've actually had those people who consider themselves introverts come to me and say that, hey, I was feeling really, really, you know, not good about it in the beginning. But then I, I realized that when we were like halfway through the session, that I was the one that was first there and trying to push everybody out of the way that I could, you know, give, give all of myself to, to this uh, mm. challenge. Fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. You got me really thinking about things um, in, a, in, a, in a slightly um, different way. Um, so, I, yeah, it's been really interesting. So, lastly, let me just ask you, um, I ask all my um, guests this, um, uh, this, this question. From an employer's perspective, what bit of advice um, if you could give them one bit of advice or get them thinking about something when it comes to customer experience um, and you know maybe focusing on employees or their customers what advice would that be to customer experiences or, or maybe uh, employee experience as well i would say that uh, i'm using this dot model uh, where uh, the d stands for dare so you need to dare to really uh, leave those old ways of working behind you i think that the pandemic has given us uh, the opportunity to, to very much to do so but mm. even 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 otherwise uh, you need to find out new ways to be daring enough to to combine things differently and, and do things differently uh, i'm a big uh, big fan of brene brown that you you know what she's talking about that you should be vulnerable to things and, and really let uh, people uh, come with new ideas and, and uh, help help you out as an employer then the other part is about OO is about observing so ask your clients ask your customers ask your employees listen to them very uh, carefully that uh, what what is their current problem because they, the problems that they had previously might not be any any issues for them nowadays at all and they might mm. be looking at something totally different at the moment so you need to be really really uh, attentive and listen to uh, everybody's minds and, and really understand them at the moment and then uh, the T stands for teamwork because as uh, I, I don't think that nobody nobody can do it uh, alone mm. that you in this world you need to think really uh, closely that what kind of uh, uh, skills do you and knowledge sets do you have within your team and there might be some uh, some of your uh, employees who actually haven't really uh, demonstrated all of their skills yet they might have some some knowledge or some training that you didn't know of and that they that they are very uh, knowledgeable in that you don't know yourself and you would be uh, in need of and if there is anything that you can do together so that if you pull through as a team that you might get a much better result than you would uh, by doing everybody doing stuff uh, individually. And then also one thing that I think uh, that goes under the teamwork is also like this ecosystems thinking that nowadays we are not talking about one company and one like one team or like employees in one within the, this team, but rather uh, companies and organizations should much more. Uh, use much more of their time by working together and finding those combinations that can actually deliver an innovative way space of doing things and like new products and services to the market. Um, 
Sarah, so that was really, really fascinating stuff. I really like the whole uh, DOT concept, and I think it's something I'm going to get talking to uh, my clients to to think about. Um, and it's a really, really great tip. So look, if people, this has been a really, really interesting podcast. There's a lot of things there that you know, I wish we had more time to to delve into, but hopefully it will get people thinking about different things. And we touched on some really important factors and and points about creative methodologies and you know how we inspire young people uh, but also this dot methodology which you can apply to all of those different things right so um thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me today if people want to get hold of you people want to reach out to you perhaps they might want to you know ask you a couple of things uh, or just pick your brains um what's the best way that they can do that Sure. Um, I'm on LinkedIn as Sirte Pihlaja and uh, also we have our own website uh, www.shirute.fi slash en if you want to understand anything because that one would be in English. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Okay, well I'll put your details on the podcast and anyway so um, they'll be able to reach out to you but thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me today. No problem, it was a pleasure. Thank you Daniel for inviting me over. No, thank you for being on the show. Speak to you soon.